I've got to ask a question. I'm sure people will be asking this. Everyone wants to, well, many people want to connect with their spirit guides and remember parts of the dream. Well, I certainly do. Do you have any tools or tips that you can offer the audience? Yes. Um, Growing up in a religious background, um, I had a hard time with prayer because every time I was taught to say thee and thou and words that felt like I was being kept apart Mm -hmm. from who I was praying to that I that they were so high above me that I needed an an extra language of words that were not in my modern vernacular Mm -hmm. you know it's like I don't talk this way but when I would kneel down or whatever and and make a point of saying a prayer and trying to use those words it was like building a fence between me and the other side and I used to work, um, I used to be an eyewear sales rep, and I would drive around in my car, different states, appointments all day long, one after the other, a different motel every single night. When I was out on the road, I was really on the road. And I, I just knew from the books I had read and that, that I would have a spirit guide. And I knew that I would be protected and watched over during these trips, a woman in a car alone in another state, you know, it's a, it's a little, it's, it's something to think about, but I did, but I would talk to this guide, like I knew that he was there. And I would talk to him like a regular person, like I had a friend sitting in the passenger seat. In fact, I'm writing a story about my friend in the passenger seat because, you know, and we, and I could kind of laugh at, you know, wow, did you see that car, you know, just about hit us or something and, you know, whatever. It became very natural to invite him into my life by treating him naturally, because what I have found is that they want to be our friends. They don't want to be worshipped. You know, they don't want to be held by this invisible um, blockade between us. We don't need a middleman to to know God, to know our spirit guides. I, um, I used to walk some trails in Colorado Springs um, that were, uh, you know, walking trail near, the, near mm-hmm. the Air Force Academy and beautiful trails, very well-groomed trails. And I noticed one day that rocks were being put on the posts. There were no rocks in sight. So someone had to be bringing these little round um, pebbles and they'd put them on these posts and as I walked for months I would I had walking sticks so I'd click 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 as I walked Mm -hmm. on the with these walking sticks and I stopped to take a breath or something and I noticed these rocks on these posts and I thought well how interesting to kind of build from that these black rocks and and I would ask um I really want to see you spirit guide I really want to know you people you know, people who have a talent to see, you know, the other side and to see, oh, your spirit guide, you know, has got a gray beard or, you know, whatnot. They can see him. And I'm like, I want to do that. I want to know my spirit (laughs) guide. Right. And I would say, please show me, you know, I want to know who you are. And I, then suddenly a butterfly would go by a white butterfly. And I'd be like, oh, butterfly, you know, and then just keep, keep walking. And later on, there'd be a white bird that seemed to just follow me, you know, and I noticed 
took me a while, kind of dense, I guess, but it took me a while that my guide was trying to show me he was there. He heard me and whatnot, um, probably like my near-death experience. It wasn't time to, or maybe it, maybe he felt not necessarily that I had to see him, but I had to know he was there. And so he was showing signs of being there all around me, including one of the poles that I walked to one day had a stack of white rocks. There were no other white rocks anywhere around. And I know it seems a small thing, but when I saw that, I broke down in the middle of this trail and sobbed mm. because I knew I knew it was my guide and I knew he was there with me and I knew that he heard me and I knew it wasn't necessary for me to absolutely see what he looked like but I knew that he was there it was a confirmation and so I wanted to share with your audience that we'll if we are asking for these confirmations we'll get them you know, they're, they're not going to be, you know, in a thunderous um, showing. But what happens, sorry, teared up a little bit. There. Oh, no, no, no. It's that, fine. You can yeah. do anything on this show. There we go. Just about, it. just about. <laughs> <laughs> that, that as if we accept those small things, that we will notice, I don't want to say that things will get bigger, but we'll certainly see more of them, you know? It's, it, it's that acceptance. You know, I read a really cool book. Um, his name was um, Dr. Paul Stollier, I believe was his name, just thinking back. And he lost his son in a horrific accident. And um, he was very open to hearing his son afterwards. And it got where they were communicating and the mother was, was jealous or upset because the father could, could hear him in, internally. And she would say, I don't hear him. I don't know, you know what, what, is, what is the problem here? And I can't remember if it was a, a little bit of anger towards him for being able to hear, but it was a lot of it was the grief that she was carrying because in that conversation of the thought between the father and son, the son being on the other side, and, and this book was written um, posthumously, I believe the word is, where the father, the Dr. Paul, was writing this for his son as his right. son was kind of dictating for him. Um, but he said, I've tried to get through to mom, but she can't hear me or won't hear me. Uh, there's, there's a blockage there. It's not of my doing. It's something that she's put around her and she's not, she's not hearing me. And so after a while, it's like any one of us, you know, if you're, if you're trying to contact somebody and you've dialed that number over and over and they never answer, you stop calling as often and pretty soon it just kind of stops. But if someone, you know, you become friends, you can communicating, you're, you know, then you're going to call more often. And that's what was happening with his father. So I thought that was an amazing book. Um, uh, Dr. Paul Stollier, I believe it was. Mm. And I guess it's often about believing that you can have that aside from asking for it, but believing that you have the capability believing. to communicate. Exactly. Having that open mind, having that open heart, you know, that, that, that they are there and that, and so, yeah, what, what happened to me was 
I started hearing from my sister passed, my younger sister passed from a brain aneurysm. And I started hearing my little sister. And my mother kind of in that same situation would go, how come you? Because I'd come in and say, oh, um, uh, and I'll give you an example. I was visiting from Colorado and I was in my mom's bathroom. It was just a small uh, little bathroom. I had, was um, doing my hair and I had the door open because it was hot in there. Well, out in the hallway where I could see was just, you know, the monument to my sister, all the pictures of her growing mm -hmm. up and whatnot. So as I've turned and I'm doing this blow drying, I'm, see I'm looking at my sister and I just said out loud, I was like, okay, you're, you're so beautiful, you know? And I heard her say, now I still have the hairdryer going, right? So this is somewhere Telepathically. in here. Mm -hmm. And she said, I'm prettier now. <laughs> and I oh. just went, Lynn? you're there and it i think it is in times when when you're not in in a mode of uh of thinking of any other thing you know you like the hair dryer the 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 washing machine you're or folding laundry things where your mind is just kind of wandering mm -hmm. are wonderful times to to listen and connect because those have been my best times of connecting well, I was so excited that I'd heard my little sister that I, I ran into the kitchen and, and was talking to my mother. I said, Mom, I've, I just heard from Kaylin. And I told her and, and she just kind of looked at me and said, well, why, would, why are you hearing her? You know, you could hear the skepticism in her voice. Yeah. And I had to think about it a minute. And I said, Mom, I'm open to hearing her. I said, can you imagine that, my, that you wake up that morning and she had a brain aneurysm. She was in the bathroom, probably doing the same thing, combing her hair or something, and she was gone. She was on the floor and she was gone. She had no preemptive idea that this was going to happen. And now she is in another place in time. And she didn't get a chance to say goodbye or, or even really goodbye to yourself you know what I kind of like kiss your butt goodbye kind of yeah. thing she didn't have any you know it was it was such an immediate thing you're here one minute and you're gone I said can you imagine how frustrating she frustrated that she has to be over there not being able such she's such a mom she's such a you know one of those kind and giving people that she would have you know, giving us all a parting gift or something, you know, yeah. this is her personality. So I said, she's got to be um, frustrated. And I said, can you imagine all the souls on the other side who are frustrated and they see someone and I, and it was even before I knew what chakras, you know, your, your crown chakra or anything. I said, I think they see I'm cracked. I said, I, I think they could see the crack. <laughs> You've the got a crack. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm open. And they, I think they recognize that there's a crack there. And so maybe that's why I can hear her. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Wonderful experiences that are very, very comforting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I read a, a quote one time that really helped explain that to me was, you know, it, it's like to let all of these new ideas in you know, you have to let some of the old things out, you know, we can only hold. Oh, I love that. Out. I love that one. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I have a definite crack there where I've let some old things out and I'm, I'm accepting some of yeah. this new stuff. <laughs> so do you have a, I won't even 
call, call it ritual, but do you have before you go to sleep in order to explore more of your consciousness, which apparently is what we do in our dream state anyway, yes. do you have some a prayer or some ritual that you do to connect with your guides and offer you information that you might need in this reality? Yeah, I'm terrible at it. I, I, I should meditate more than I do. I do take a few moments and just kind of, because I know when I don't sleep on my back, but I will lay there a few moments on my back and breathe a little bit. I'm not, I'm not in full meditation or anything. Um, before I do that roll over where you pull the covers up and you're, you're gone. Um, my consciousness about collecting and remembering my dreams is what I've learned when I wake and I've, and I've taught myself even, even, you know, when you have to do that in the middle of the night, run to the bathroom, you know, some of us two or three times or whatever, but I try and keep my, my focus before I get up, even in those situations, I, I think, what did, what was I, where was I just now, just before I, and, and I was going to say open my eyes, but I, I've, taught myself not to open my eyes for just those few moments not to look at the mobile not not, not to look at the cell phone exactly not do any of that <laughs> just go back where was I and if I can retain even one word you know of something you know we were in a car and who was I with you know or you know was it an old boyfriend was mm -hmm. it you know and and I, I, you can surprise yourself if you start training your mind that way of of what re what you really go through in your dreams, because those of us who have lost a relative or whatnot, I've had my sister show up in my dreams more times than I really, I'm sure more than I've probably even remembered, but she'll do nothing more than I'll be in a line at a grocery store in a dream state, right? That's just kind of a, I call them a sand dream, right? They're just the kind where you wake up and they just flitter away, right? There, there wasn't really anything there, but I still try and concentrate what was happening in that dream. And her face will have been in the, in the crowd, one of the people behind me in the line. Sorry. And no, I'll, don't be sorry. And I'll see this beautiful, radiant face in the crowd. And all she is doing is smiling at me. And I will wake up and not remember that right away and then go, was I dreaming of Kaylin? What? And then go, oh yeah, I remember. She was smiling at me. I, oh, I remember her face, her face was there. And so for me, dream therapy, you know, mm -hmm. we go to wonderful places in our dreams. We visit with our loved ones. I'm sure of it. It's happened to me so many times. I'm not the only one out there that is communicating with my past loved ones. I know that it happens. And if we can, if we can take those few moments and not jump into what it is we need to do that day, the minute we jump out of bed and I get it, I'm older, I don't need to set an alarm clock and so many have to. And that is one of the problems is because an alarm clock invades your space you know you're immediately shocked into life if there is some way um, that you can train yourself to you know awaken without that uh, without that jarring alarm um, would be really beneficial um, to just take those few moments 
and just think, where have I been? And I think, I think your audience would be surprised at how many cool places they go at night. That's such a great point. So it's almost like remembering the little breadcrumbs helps you become more yeah. conscious of um, remembering. And do you write it down as well? I write it. I keep a journal right beside my okay. bed. And sometimes I will even just, because I can feel for the pen and I'll, I'll still be laying down. I don't get up to write. I, I'll start scribbling. I'll write yellow or Kaylin or, you know, something of the dream before I sit up so that I don't sit up and lose it. Right. Uh, it my book has scribbles and then the story and scribbles and then then the story to follow when I sit up and turn on the light. So, um, yes, I'm going to start doing that again. I used to do that. Yeah. What's happened to me? I don't know if this happens to you often in the middle of the night, I think oh, I've got to remember that I'm going to remember it for the morning and I completely, I don't write it down and then I completely forget. Should or, I wake or, myself up? Not wake myself up, but should I write it down? I guess I, I really should because I don't remember. I will get words and I'll think, oh, I know that word. I'll remember that. And I'll, I'll even go through my head a few times and, and go, okay, when I wake up, I'll, I'll write it down. It's gone. I know. So <laughs> from now on, I'm just going to turn on the light and write it down. <laughs> or keep a scratch pad and just scratch it out and then, then just go back to sleep. But, if, but you'll learn to read your own scratching. <laughs> Yeah. I just want to ask you one more question because I keep thinking about it and then I'd love to briefly move on to intuition. But sure. when you were talking about when you're in the car with your spirit guide, having a, well, communicating, is it, are you verbally communicating or telepathically? I was verbally, I was okay. being just, I was just imagining that they were there and, and just anything I saw, or, you know, I'm getting hungry, you getting hungry, or, you know, just yeah. kind of things like that. Sure. And I have found because of, you know, and I'm my crazy costume spirit guide, right? He's, he's worn some very weird costumes. I, I understand that he does have such a sense of humor, you know, the sense of humor, you know, when we talk about ourselves being a, a piece of God, you know, um, and, and we are, it, I mean, the sense of humor is wonderful up there. You know, it's yeah. not, it's not that um, assembly Serious. of seriousness, you know, it's like, what a drag. Wouldn't that be boring all the time? Can't yeah. we be silly together? Can't we have fun? Can't, is there fun on the other side? You know, you know, I wondered about my dad. It's like, I didn't see him as, you know, harps and choir kind of guy, <laughs> you know, and um and I, I think we do really have some fun on the other side and silliness is part of it. Funniness is part of it. Yes. And just briefly, I'd love to touch on intuition because it's such, I think it's such an important point and we sometimes don't stop and smell the roses or listen to our intuition. And I know you mentioned you'd like to talk about that. Yeah, so well, it seems to be, it's come up a lot in topic um, as far as intuition, you know, um, when we went through, when being born, we're born through a veil of forgetfulness. It's, it's purposeful. The veil is purposeful because we have to lose our feeling of being, because up, up there, whatnot, we are so connected. We're all connected to each other. We understand we are all one, right? I mean, mm -hmm. we all have our uniqueness, our personalities, but we are all necessary. We all weave a perfect tapestry of God and every single one of us are necessary in that tapestry. And we're here on assignment, basically. 
we're here doing service for God, who is everything, but has not, ex not experienced the physical. He knows everything, but we are the pieces of God that are sent down as foot soldiers, experiencers, you know, whatever you want to call it, that, you know, go through these trials and experiences and hardships and the wonder of life and, and the trials of life. You know, we, it's like we volunteer to do this because we are in service to God to do this. And so when we come through this veil of forgetfulness, um, it's necessary for us to not remember everything be, um, because if we remembered how magnificent we are, how amazing we are, do you think we put up with some of the stuff we put up with in <laughs> this life? You'd be like, oh, heck no, yeah. I'm going home. I'm, I'm out of here. You know? And so we're, we're here feeling like we're alone, feeling like sometimes nobody understands me, you know, you're in your tears or whatever. And it's like, how, how come life is so hard and it's purposeful. And so we're given intuition. We're given, um, I want to call them red flags or little spiritual nudges, deja vu, you know, all of those things are really, they're gifts to us to help us along the way, because we're not here alone. But, but the, our biggest gift is free will. We're, we're created to be individuals and to have our own opinions and our own wants and needs and everything. And it's important that we, we have those. And even though there is a plan in place and we are the ones that help plan what it is that we intend to achieve. I, do, I have learned that we are not here like for lessons, so to speak, um, but more for experiencing, walking in another's shoes, seeing, getting a, a full 360 degree viewpoint of, of um, say being um being poor and being rich you know it's like or being bullied let's go with bullied at this point where someone is just beaten down every day and the, and, the, and they're in so much of a victim mode and here's this bully that you know just represents they have everything or they feel so confident or whatever that how could they beat down on this on this person and when you go back and I've seen the life review, I've been through the life review, and I'll tell you, it is more than a, I mean, there are screens all around you, and it is the entirety of your life, but it's more than video of, um, you know, your birthday parties, or learning how to ride a bike, or something like that, which would be, you know, you know, let's get the popcorn, and, you know, kind of see what, oh, I remember when I was five, or whatnot, it's so much more than that. What our life review shows us is the chances that we have created as far as um, kindness, chances to be kind, or like if we were the bully and we will be feeling what it is like to be the victim. We will feel everything, every bit of pain that we caused somebody else. And that is a horrible feeling 
to be there amongst your elders and your ancestors and people who love you and to to see your own self doing those unkind type of things um it is a uh, it's not in a place of judgment and that the judgment is not it is not to be judged you will be your own worst judge when you when you see yourself performing that way and being unkind to somebody in the reverse you as the victim you can you can see what happened uh, that led the bully to the you know what they did and what they were feeling perhaps their own in, inadequacies or whatnot or you can see yourself being kind to someone else that it made such a difference in their life just a simple smile or you know here come come eat your lunch by me or something that may have changed their entire life by that simple act and you will see the ripples you know you've heard of, of the ripples out there you you can see and feel those ripples of what you did and those are the you know add a you you'll give yourself your own attaboys in that situation and you'll you'll feel the pain and regret of of chances like uh with the bully that that you that you fell into that and and didn't and weren't kind mm-hmm. um it's kind of a simple explanation but it, but these this surrounding you life review is a purposeful 365 degrees and if you don't kind of get it or understand it it's coming back again as an opportunity to explore the opposite of what you went through so that you do get and understand so you experienced the life review in that dark space i i didn't what i when the when the memory started coming back then i got to remember my my life review and at first it was hard to, is, is this a memory or is this new, mm-hmm. you know, um, I could, but you're trusting your back, intuition, <laughs> but I'm trusting my but back yeah. to the intuition. So, so here we are, we we come through this veil, we're given our free will because we do come with a plan, but that plan is not set. It's not destiny. You know, it's like, why wake up in the morning if whatever you're supposed to do that day is set. You know, we have choices all day, every day. And that is your review of what you did that day and every day. And not not to live perfectly in judgment. But anyway, I'm, I'm stepping off my, my topic is we create little speed bumps, little red flags, little nudges, little deja vus. They're kind of a pre... pre um, Little little nudges along the trail. I'm to show I, show us the best path. Exactly, and those are our into a lot of that is our intuitions, and and it's a feel. I found it. Sorry to interrupt, but I found it's a feeling realm. It's how you yes. feel. Yes, it's not necessarily well, maybe, someone having a conversation with you. It's what feels right. It's right, you know. Um, oh, oh, someone gave me a wonderful quote the other day. I oh, when they feel like they can hear. She said, I hear it in my feelings. Is that awesome? I love that. I hear it in my feelings. And that is your intuition. And it's important. It's important. You know, we, uh, you know, when you're getting on an elevator and somebody really big and scary, you know, follows you in and every hair on the back of your neck stands up and you go, 
I don't think I should stay in this place with this person. But then, you, but then the rational you goes, well, I'll probably hurt their feelings if I act weird or, mm. you know, try and get away from them or whatever. You know, and I think many times there are hurts and things that happen in this life that didn't need to happen if we followed our intuition. Because if you're on that elevator and something says, get off, <laughs> I'd yeah. be like, I'm going to hurt someone's feelings, I guess. <laughs> Just get Too off. Bad. I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that bet. That's a great analogy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Claudia, what a great talk. I, I mean, you've offered me, offered us, the Passion Harvest audience, so many insights and you've been so open and what an incredible journey you have had. Is there something else you'd like to talk to the Passion Harvest audience about? Let's see. Um, oh, and I just want to say for anyone that's looking to connect with you, all your details will be in the yeah. show notes. So, Okay, awesome, awesome. Um, you know, there is there is something and I think part of what is going on in the world right now. And, and, and we need to recognize that, that we are all individuals and we have all picked, um, you know, kind of a body type or even a gender um, for this go around, for this experience. And, you know, someone had a, a Facebook meme, you know, and there were bodies, you know, um, I guess it was during the time of um, when they were talking about transgender and whatnot, and, and there were bodies and it was kind of like, you know, which one was male, which one was female and which one was transgender. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, when it's uh, the remains and, you know, without the skin and the, the, and the hair or things to identify us, you know, oh, that's a woman because she's got long hair or, or whatnot, or, or his skin is black. I mean, we are, we're the same underneath, you know, we, we're in this, in this wonderful created by God world, for one thing, where we are right now was created for our experiments, basically, our, this play that we are in, it's not, um, it's, it's not a, by a whim, it's purposeful, and it's, and it's, it is wonderful uh, and we should take care of it. It is our, uh, our proving ground and our service to God to be here. And so our bodies in the same like um, of God, you know, it, we are in our, I want to call like our spacesuits. you know, we are on this exploration and we've got our suit on, but underneath this suit of meat and, and liquid and blood and, and whatnot is a soul. We are all beautiful, more than we understand magnificent souls under this skin. And if we started looking at each other for what's underneath instead of how, what we're wearing, how our hair looks, what our weight looks like, uh, you know, the color of our skin, if we could look at each other as another um, servant of God, you know, if we could yeah. look, if we all have a purpose, we're all necessary. And so I would hope that, um, you know, the next stranger that you come across, try to try to look just a little bit deeper, you know, and then that outside exterior, because we're all so much more than our outsides. Well, what a beautiful message, completely filled with love. <laughs> 
Claudia, thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. It's been such a delight to have you on the show. Thank you. I have enjoyed. I feel like I'm just talking to a girlfriend. And we're Me too, at the hairdresser. There yeah, we go. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Watching Matt. Watching Mash. Watching Matt. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Thank you thank so you much. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs> That is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, every day, may you be more and more passionate.